Once again, here's Ryan. Now, right, welcome back, everyone, to The Fix, live in the Prop Swap studios, and it's that time. It is that time for the man, the myth, the legend. And love talking to John McMullen every night at 1030, but Fridays are my favorite because this is it. We know uh, Monday is going to be interesting, whether it's a win or a loss or a tie. Uh, but Fridays, we're hopeful, we're nervous, we're frustrated. Um, so here we go, John. Let's uh, let's do it. How are you tonight? Uh, doing well, Ryan. Are we hopeful? Are we nervous? I don't know. I'm not, this but I've, I've heard week. people are. This is a tough week. <laughs> I will say that. This is a good team coming in, a really good team. It is. I'll just say that. I, I don't know why um, – I talked to someone earlier tonight, right before I, I came into the studio, and he said, what do you – actually, his question was, from zero to 100, what are the chances you are giving the Eagles? And I made a joke. I was like, <laughs> 0%. And I said, no, nah, I don't know, 25, 30. And he said, I, you know, I don't know, man. I know they've been struggling, but I feel like this is a game that Doug Peterson and the Eagles find a way to win for some reason. Yeah, I, I think people kind of default to that, and it happened uh, a couple weeks ago in San Francisco. But, you know, backup quarterback, that's the difference. I mean, it, it is the NFL, so I kind of agree with you. I'm at 25 30% simply because if, if Baltimore comes in and plays a poor game, doesn't bring its A game, so to speak, I, it's not like college where you're going to, any team in the NFL can beat you uh, if everything goes their way on a particular uh, game day. So um, there's always a chance. But, yeah, I mean, I, I mean even if there were 70,000 people there, I'd feel better. And, and the Eagles had their typical home field advantage. But there's going to be about 5,500 fans and uh, that's not going to make any difference. Uh, the communication we've talked about a lot. Uh, there is no home field advantage in this league this year uh, with the either no fans or a sparse amount of fans. So you don't have that in your back pocket. And and then as I said, I mean this is just this is a good team. This is I I would argue the second best team in football behind Kansas City. But, you know, Kansas City lost. Everybody can lose in this league. So that is the hope you kind of hang on. But I wouldn't call it a lot of hope. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's like Shawshank Redemption. Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. (laughs) (laughs) So for the last time, the injury list. Let's get the final update from you, John. Seven guys ruled out on Friday. So that's a new high. Typically, the Eagles don't like to do that for whatever reason, usually competitive advantage, but they didn't even waste time this week. We've been telling you all week that Lane Johnson wasn't going to play. That's the case. He's not going to play. And and Matt Pryor's not going to play, which is not necessarily a bad thing. He's on the uh, reserve COVID-19 list. So, He's the first guy since training camp in Philadelphia to be placed on the list. Um, now he doesn't—he hasn't tested positive. I can report that uh, 
it was just in close proximity from someone who did outside the building, so not inside an overcare complex. So he's going to have to pass all the protocols. The NFL, if anything, is getting more stringent as there have been more positive tests. And you've seen it all week. There were four different players uh, on the injury list during the week with illness, and that's they're being very cautious. If you have any symptoms, sore throat, runny nose, any typical cold symptom, they're going to hold you out. And it's not just the Eagles. This is going to start happening more and more around the league. And obviously the flu season is, is kicking up now as we get uh, deeper into fall. So that's going to be an issue. Um, but I think the most disappointing part is Sean Jackson, man, not gonna not gonna play again. Yep. <laughs> and all Sean Jeffrey, I, I I expected because of Travis Fulgham, and I said you're not, you're just not, you're not taking Travis Fulgham off the field until he plays himself off the field after that game. So the Jeffrey part didn't surprise me. I thought, and I thought they would sort of use that as an excuse to slow him down a little bit. Um. So he's out uh, as well. But so John, the two receivers I, are out. Can I ask you a question with that? Because you have my curiosity peaked. Um, are, are you implying that if Travis Fulgham didn't have the performance he did last week, Alshon Jeffrey would be playing on Sunday? Yeah, I, I think there's a chance. Yeah, wow. I really do. I, I mean, I, obviously, if you just think about it, and, and Doug admitted, I mean. Look, if you're placed on the pop list at the beginning of the season, you're out six weeks. So um, the Eagles didn't place Jeffrey on that pop list, and that indicated they thought he'd be back in the first six weeks of the season. Well, this is week six, uh, and he's not back. And um, it, it probably took a little bit longer. It's not obviously Travis just came to the forefront over the past two weeks. So that whole uh, timetable had nothing to do. But he was back at practice three weeks ago, and I think if they desperately felt they needed him, he probably would have played a couple weeks ago. And And he was one of the guys who had an illness last week, so maybe that slowed him down as well. But now that you had that Fulgham game in Pittsburgh, and there's no way. I mean, now it's to the point where if he plays that way again, you don't even want Alshon back. So to me, they're in two different categories, Alshon and Deshaun. Deshaun, I mean, the Eagles need because John Hightower is thinking up the joint um, and Jalen Rager's not back. Now, maybe when Jalen's back and that's still sort of targeted for after the bye week, Maybe it's different at that point, but they would need him now. And that guy just—he he just won't get on the field unless he feels like he's a hundred percent, and he's never a hundred percent. So, uh, I mean, this has been a disaster. I think it's—I I think it's fair to say, at this stage, that his return to Philadelphia has been an abject disaster. How can it not be classified as a disaster? And I had a back and forth with someone on Twitter who I've talked with in the past on Twitter. I have nothing against them. I, I, I know of them. 
Um, but they were like, Ryan, why do you hate Deshaun Jackson so much? And I said, I don't hate anyone, <laughs> but it's frustrating. <laughs> and at some point here, you have to say, like, this guy just doesn't want to get back on the field. And maybe the front office and Howie Roseman is involved too. I, I don't know. But it just seems like these injuries aren't career-ending. They aren't even season-ending. And we don't see the dude ever. Well, yeah, last year it was a little bit different, and I think the issue was, look, I I mean, the Eagles recommended that he get surgery, and he declined that recommendation is essentially what happened. Uh, And he tried to rehab route and tried to come back, and you saw how well that worked, and then he had to have the surgery. So um, he, he won his own way, and it didn't work and essentially played really just that one game. He tried to come back, as I said, uh, and actually played whatever it was, three games overall, but just a few snaps. Um, and then he was set to come back if the Eagles were, if they won the Seattle game, he said he was going to be back for that divisional playoff game. And I'll, I'll take him at his word. I, I have no issues with Sean. I've always gotten along with them as well as people can get along with them, uh, media people. Obviously, they tend not to like us. But uh, and this year I have said pretty consistently that he was going to be a big part of this offense, and that was the plan, uh, and he needed to be. And I, I think the Eagles were hopeful to get you know, 13 games maybe out of him. Well, that's out the window already. Um, and we're talking about a hamstring strain. And, hey, if you're a speed threat, that's a, that's a big injury. Uh, I'm not trying to downplay it uh, because if you come back too soon and, and tweak it again, um, but you also have to be realistic. And you, you bring up best ability is availability. And you can't help uh, a team if you're not on the field. And Deshaun's never on the field. Deshaun is 33 years old. Deshaun created issues off the field with some social media posts. You know, what is his value to this team at this point? I I think anybody defending him blindly, there is no value. And when Jalen Rager gets back, there, there is literally no value. You don't want him on the field. At that point, if Jalen is back, you have Jalen Rager, you have Greg Ward in the slot, and you have either Travis Fulgham or Alshon Jeffrey. If Travis Fulgham um, goes into the tank for whatever reason as as your bigger receiver, um, there's no value. (laughs) There really isn't. Uh, and, and I think people have to come to that point and say, this just didn't work. And, I, you know, from an Eagle standpoint, and, and this you, you mentioned Howie Roseman, Howie's not keeping him off the field because, if anything, it makes Howie look bad. He's the guy who brought him back. Um, he's the guy, even though there were injury concerns, uh, who, who advocated and constantly said what he could mean to this offense. And it just hasn't worked out. And now we're at the point where, look, there is absolutely, you talked about percentages, what percentage did the Eagles beat the Ravens? 
Well, I'm going to give you a percentage, Ryan. What percentage do you think Deshaun Jackson's back here next year and Alshon Jeffrey? That percentage is zero. Zero. So what's yeah. the point? They're not a yeah. Super Bowl contender. You want to develop the other speed receivers, not only Jalen Rager, but John Hightower and Quez Watkins. What do you need Deshaun Jackson for at this point? I don't know. Besides saying you have Deshaun Jackson, I don't. I don't really know what else. Yeah, as besides of tonight. the name value. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we'll see, man. But it's been frustrating. His return to Philadelphia, not much of a return. He's in the city or around the area somewhere, but that's about it. Um, John McMullen, follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. You had an article that posted last night around this time, John, um, or actually, no, I think it was this morning. I'm sorry, a week six preview. So let's get right into the Ravens side of the fence and let's start with the Ravens offense and how they match up with the Eagles defense. And you detailed it pretty nicely here on Sports Illustrated at SI.com. The Eagles linebackers could be in for a very long day here. Yeah, well, they're always in for a very long day. But, you know, there's one – Lamar Jackson is, we all know, I, I mean, he's been spectacular since taking over as the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. <clears throat> and he's a tremendous dual threat. We know uh, he's even more of a threat probably still running the football than throwing the football. But nonetheless, I mean, the efficacy of that offense, you don't even realize, I, I did not realize this, Baltimore has scored 20 or more points, I think, 28 straight times. It's the second most in history to the greatest show on turf, Rams. I mean, this offense has been unbelievable since Lamar took over, except in the playoffs, and that's a legit criticism if you're a Baltimore fan because for whatever reason they get to the playoffs and and they look like a significant Super Bowl contender. So that's a hurdle they're going to have to overcome down the road. But in the regular season, they've been lights out. And they if you think about George Kittle, and, and, you know, that's what the Ravens do. They have the great running game like the 49ers, and they have the great uh, tight ends, Mark Andrews, uh, Nick Boyle. Uh, they have a deep threat, Marquise Brown. And, again, they don't have a backup quarterback playing, so that's the difference. Instead of Nick Mullins, it's the MVP of this league. So, yeah, I mean, and and, and we got off on it. You didn't get off, but I got off on a tangent with Deshaun. <laughs> no, you didn't. You know, Duke, Duke Riley's out. Yeah. So now, you know, okay, you say, so what? Well, maybe, but that's one of the Eagles' starting linebackers. So you're going to have Nate Gary, who everyone loves, and Alex Singleton out there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's going to be your two nickel linebackers. People are going to finally get to see Sean Bradley, and those people, I'm, I'm going to make a prediction, aren't going to be very happy on Monday. <laughs> they think they want to see it, but they don't want to see it. Uh, yeah, it's it's not good. Is the Eagles' best defense going to be early offense? Yeah, I mean, if they have any chance to win this game, I mean, they're going to have to figure out a way to score, you know, 30-plus points. So, 
Yeah, I mean, the earlier early. you yeah. get started, uh, the better. But, you know, and you say, okay, let's look at the Baltimore defense. What's the number one ranked scoring defense in the NFL? The Baltimore Ravens. So, I, I mean, you, you know, our friend Rich Q, uh, big boxing guy. Yeah. Uh, everybody in boxing will tell you styles make fights. Well, the Ravens style does not match up with the Eagles style. I mean, they're good at what the Eagles are bad at and vice versa. Um, and as I said, they're giving up a little bit over 15 points a game. And, and then the second part is they are by far 18 straight games they've generated a turnover, which is the highest mark in the league, and the second team is at 12. So they always turn you over. And you've seen what the Eagles have done taking care of the football. Uh, that's not good. Um, yeah, I mean, and th- and then the offensive line. I mean, I-, I mentioned a little bit with Lane and Matt Pryor. So now the right side of that offensive line is Jamon Brown and Jack Driscoll. So it's from left to right, Ryan, it's Jordan Mailata, Nate Herbig, Jason Kelsey, and Jamon Brown and Jack Driscoll against that Baltimore front. So Jeff Stoutland basically has Jason Kelsey and whatever he found in the utility drawer at the Novacare Complex. <laughs> we have about. So I'm, I'm starting. I'm starting to talk myself down from that 25, 30 percent down to about <laughs> 10, 15 percent. Yeah, good. Jo- you did a good job because you talked me down to about 10, 15 percent uh, <laughs> as well. So thanks for that. Um, <laughs> we have about five minutes, John. So let me ask you the key player for the Eagles on offense and defense. And Carson Wentz is not an option. Obviously, if Carson Wentz has a big day, they're going to be put in a better position but if player x on offense has a big day and player x on defense has a big day the eagles can win well i think people default to um skill position people and understandably so but i I really think it's got to be uh jack driscoll uh at right tackle instead of lane johnson uh he's got a sort of hold up. I, I mean, it's interesting. We don't talk about Jordan Mailata anymore because he's been serviceable uh, in his first two NFL starts. And, and Nate Herbig, same way. That's what they need out of Jack Driscoll. And I don't know if they can get it. Uh, so to me, he's the most important part on the offensive side because uh, he's going to be out there for however many offensive snaps the Eagles have. Um, and that could be bad, um, <laughs> to be honest, both for the running game and the passing game. So I think he's really important. And then defensively, I just talked about um, it, it's got to be either Alex Singleton or Sean Bradley, whoever gets the opportunity to play. Uh, and whether it's Mark Andrews, whether it's that running game, I, I mean, they're so deep in running back. And then Lamar Jackson himself. That's what everything is, is predicated on uh, with the Ravens and their offense, which is Greg Roman, a South Jersey guy. Um, he's great with with run concepts. He was the one who basically 
turn Colin Kaepernick into a, a Super Bowl quarterback. Uh, just very unique. Uh, uh, and I and I think Greg is probably salivating thinking about going after Nate Gary and whether it's Singleton or Sean Bradley. So yeah. I mean, those guys got to play maybe their best career games to even be in this. All right, so let's end it with your overall synopsis of this game and uh, prediction and score from Eagles insider John McMullen. Yeah, I mean, this is the best team uh, the Eagles have faced to date by a wide margin, I think, uh, because of all the issues that were going on in San Francisco, not only the quarterback, but all the other injuries they had. For the most part, Baltimore's relatively healthy. Uh, Ronnie Stanley's their all-pro left tackle. He's dealing. Uh, and Marcus Peters has a thigh issue, but he's going to play. So um, they're, they're not nearly as banged up, and they're just, they just have a top-five roster. Uh, as I said, the Eagles are banged up. Uh, and it keeps getting worse on the offensive line. Um, I think at this stage we can say it's a positive, uh, what we just mentioned, that Deshaun and Alshon aren't back, and hopefully Travis Fulgham can build on uh, what he did last week and maybe the Eagles can score some points and get over that 15-and-a-half-point mark. But I, I just don't see how they stop Baltimore uh, unless the Ravens shoot themselves in the foot time and time again. So I 33-20 type of game, Baltimore. All right, we still have about a minute to play with. So, minute or less, John, uh, what type of game do you predict Carson Wentz to have? Because he did enough last week, as we've talked a lot about. He did enough to kind of avoid fire uh, throughout the week here. So, can he continue the progression in the right direction? Well, I, I hope he plays a clean game because if he plays a clean game that's meaningful against this team, I just mentioned they, they turn you over so much, 18 straight games. <clears throat> They've created at least one turnover, which is an NFL best. So, uh, you know, Humphrey, Marlon Humphrey is one of the best cornerbacks in football. Um, Marcus Peters, people think, is one of the best cornerbacks in football. He's not nearly as good as Humphrey, but he's a huge big play guy. He gambles a lot, so he's going to give and he's going to take away. Um, but I, I, I just want to see a clean game, especially because of that offensive line. I mean, you shouldn't expect Carson to play well behind that offensive line. Uh, you really shouldn't. I, I don't know what to expect out of Jamon Brown. I mean, he hasn't played at all. He's a veteran guy. He'll be fine from a, you know, the stage is not going to be too big for him, but hasn't played at all this season. And then Jack is just, you know, he's probably not ready to play, but he's forced into the deep end of the pool. Well, let's see if uh, Driscoll and the entire team sinks or swims. With a sold out, I mean, 7,000 <laughs> estimated crowd at the link, which is something moving in the right direction. Will that be enough to give the team an edge? Probably not, but maybe they can go in there and steal one. And John McMullen will have all of the inside information Monday through Friday right here. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.